Episode 214, Bonus Edition, Interview with Kyle King. I'm Andrew Murata, host of the Education Leadership and Beyond podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you are listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. So Kyle King is an educator, a mentor, a four-time best-selling author, public speaker, founder and chief executive officer of the Shine Institute, also the founder of Blueprint Conferences. That's a platform just for educators to trade the life they have for the one they never knew they wanted. Kyle King also serves as the Dean of Students at one of Charlotte's premier charter schools, Queen City STEM School. And that is why I invited him on the podcast because he's from my hometown doing great work right in my own district. His life's purpose is centered around advancing students through a comprehensive educational process that promotes excellence and provides them with the skills and resources to become globally competitive leaders of the future. I mean, come on, y'all. Look at the resume. But more importantly, look at his passion. This is why this dude is an amazing educator. He coined the phrase, you do not have to be at an Ivy League school to be an Ivy League student. Oh my gosh. Love that. Need to write it down. Need to preach it to all the girls and boys around the world. Starting out with local community mentoring efforts and a unique story, Kyle has become a highly skilled educator with over seven years, y'all, seven years of experience. And he's accomplished so much, offering empowerment in the areas of curriculum development and design, student success strategies, personal and professional development, entrepreneurship, innovation, business and economic development, and so much more. Through his experience as an entrepreneur, the Shine Institute has grown to impact over 30,000 students across the globe. Big deal, y'all. This Kyle King is one you will never forget. I am so thankful he came on the podcast. Well, hey, Kyle, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, it's so great to hear from you. Um, Thank you so much for having me on the show. 
We have educators tuning in from around the world. They're excited to hear your story. You and I were just chatting a little bit before the call about impact, so I definitely want them to hear from you and your unique spin on what's going on at Education Today. So I'm going to jump right to it if you don't mind. Awesome. Of course. So let's just set the stage. Let everyone know, how did you and I connect, and how do you think going forward social media is a great place to find other educators? Of course. So our, our paths, um, I guess, crossed by way of our Blueprint Conference's social media page. Uh-huh. Um, I had one of our, um, our interns pretty much going through different educators' pages, looking through their followers and who's engaging with their posts. And you came up and then we connected via Instagram and now we're here. Here we are. (laughs) That's a good roundup. And I think what's unique about social media is you can literally reach out and say, hi, I know we're strangers, but you're doing something pretty cool and I would love to feature you. And you didn't think that was weird at all. So I just want to shout you out for that. Thank you so much. (laughs) So tell us what your current role in terms of how you impact education and then walk us backwards to where you started. Of course. So currently I'm the founder of Blueprint Conferences, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. We will. But also serving directly in education as an administrator at Queen City Sim School in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we're a K-9 charter school. So super excited. Um, We have 800 students almost this year. And we'll be adding a grade level every year until we're K-12. So impacting our babies and just trying to cultivate them into becoming leaders of the future. What were you doing before admin? What grade level or what subject area? That's a great question. So interestingly, I have a very unorthodox educational background. I have never formally taught in a classroom. I have built the Shine Institute, which is an educational enterprise that offers charter schools, private schools, and public schools around the nation, as well as the UK, with educational resources, curriculums, and programs to advance students in the field of STEM education, and then also entrepreneurship. So we've been a major resource for educators, for principals to serve as professional development, curriculum development, differentiation strategies, integration of technology um, for the last six to seven years. And I founded that company when I was in college, and we now have educational enrichment centers um, that expand all the way to the UK. I mean, I'm just tired. How, how in the world <laughs> do you do all this? I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I've read a book called The One Thing by Greg McCowan, uh-huh. and he talks about if you're trying to chase two rabbits at one time, you won't chase, you won't catch neither. Right. So for me... If it's about education and I've been locked in and focused on how can I impact students, whether it be through restorative practices, whether it be through um, just creating strategies to have better tier one instruction, mm-hmm. just how can we impact students? And it's come from curriculum because I, I, be, I started with the behavior side. Okay. Um, and I think because I'm so, I, I, I guess it's just the gift to build the relationships with the students. Mm-hmm. But what I started to see is that great tier one instruction does not, it helps, it really helps with, um, I guess, mitigating bad behavior within the classrooms. So behavior and instruction come hand in hand. I think we only look at one piece of the puzzle. So once I started to see that behavior isn't the full picture, I wanted to learn more about curriculum. Mm. So then I 
started to build a cohort of educators around the nation because I was the entrepreneurial mind Mm -hmm. and then started to learn from them, went back and got my master's in education and urban education, and then all bridged everything together. That is very cool. So when you talk about them being interwoven together, do you mean that the systems and processes inside instruction help mitigate behavior, or do you mean just increasing engagement through more interesting curriculum? I think both. I believe when you are a great instructor, it reduces the behavioral issues within your class. Mm -hmm. If students are engaged, if you're differentiating, if students are If you're able as an educator to connect your lesson to the student's aspirations and integrate what they want to be with the standard in which is being taught in the classroom, Mm -hmm. students will be engaged in your lesson. And I've seen it firsthand. And then you're also able to implement restorative practices and restorative circles and help students hold each other accountable, have students vouching for each other. And you create a classroom where there are protecting the quality and effectiveness of the instruction, mm-hmm. that's how you build a classroom culture and then also a school culture of excellence. So in terms of restorative practice, how long into the relationship process do you wait to roll that out? Do you really have to get that foundation first? I believe you don't wait. It's starts to day one. Okay. Understanding that students, for me specifically, I hate the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because Everybody wants to be maybe a doctor, an engineer. There's always something that you want to be. But what I tell students is that there's probably someone out there that is that same job title. And aspirations, in my opinion, apprehend students. We focus so much on jobs and occupation instead of what opportunities can our students create. Mm. Yes, they beca- yes, they can get that job. Yes, they can get hired. But how can we create a, a, a mindset in our students where instead of getting hired for the job, how can you create jobs for other people? How can you create opportunities for other people? So building that relationship on day one, instead of just here's here's the workbook or here's the worksheet or here's the technology, Mm -hmm. being able to really learn these students deeper than what's on the surface, now when you're trying to roll out accountability or discipline practices or hold them responsible for the different things that they're doing, you can go back onto the relationship. Hey, I know you want to do this, Mm -hmm. or I know you expect this. This is what I expect from you. Right. That's a really unique perspective, like not giving them the pathway of what's already there, but saying, think bigger. Like, what is it you want to be? You don't have to be confined by what society says is a great job or what your parents are telling you. And maybe that takes a lot of pressure off kids to fit in a box. I believe so. And... My concept is, I think we so much focus in our school systems as A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. but innovation means what if the answer was E or F? And we have to teach our students to think outside of what's on the Scantron or think outside of what's on the, the assessment after the content was delivered within the tier one instruction. Mm-hmm. What if E was the answer? And this is a new way of looking at things. And educators, in order for us to truly require excellence from our students. We have to stop operating in a, in a state of mind of mediocrity. Right. We have to stop lowering the instruction or the expectation of our students and increase the expectation, increase the standard, and hold our students accountable to reach the standard that we set. There's research that shows 
if a student comes in in fifth grade and he's reading on a second grade level, instead of bringing it down to bring him back up or her back up, we have to keep the instruction where it needs to be and hold that student accountable to build that student back up. I like this. So it's about high expectations, but about providing the support to get there. And I also like this mentality of breaking bad instructional habits of how teachers have been taught to teach. And you're really saying, is this what is best for kids? Because the results are saying no, and it is okay to do it differently. Exactly. It is okay to do it differently, but it's okay to be different. And I think a lot of students don't understand that progress. I don't care if you're jumping forward or taking baby steps forward. It's still progress. And moving forward, whether it's that D student that gets that C or that D student that gets a 65 and then he gets a 67 and then he gets a 69, we have to celebrate the small wins in our students instead of always putting them in a box of A, B, C, D. That's good. Hey, y'all, I just want to take a quick second to let you know support for this episode is brought to you by PowerSchool. They know teachers go above and beyond for students, but teachers need help too, especially as they're asked to do more every day. And that's why PowerSchool, now with Schoology, combines SIS, LMS, and assessment technology, empowering teachers with more time for what really matters. Visit www.powerschool.com slash time for teachers to find out how teachers are using technology to unlock student success. PowerSchool, time for teachers. So I know you've worked tons with teachers and you've been giving lessons, but I think there is time for us to step back and say, what am I learning here, even though I'm the leader of the school or the creator of the conference? So what would you say is the best lesson you've learned in your role? That is a great question. I think the best, um, wow, there's so many because this week has been whew, full of adversity for me. <laughs> I think the, the, the best thing that I have learned is be patient. Be patient. The very thing of what I said about progress being baby steps mm-hmm. is as an administrator and as a visionary and as an entrepreneur, I think we want things right now. And I remember at the beginning of the school year when we're trying to turn around the school, brand new administration, 60% of our staff is brand new. Oh, wow. Our whole community has shifted. So it's, it's all of these different things. We want to integrate STEM. We want to differentiate. But we have a, a population of teachers that are all mostly majority beginning year teachers. Mm. So what is what I've learned as an administrator, as a leader, and it could be rolled out as the same as a classroom teacher. What is the one thing, the one objective that you have for this year? Not the 25 goals, not the 25 great things that you communicate to parents to get your enrollment up. (laughs) What is the one thing that you want to accomplish? And how can you put all of your resources, how can you put all of your team together and us hold each other accountable to accomplish that one thing? And if 30 teachers in our building accomplish their one thing, and our five administrators accomplish their one thing, and our 800 students accomplish their one thing, that's over 800 goals that we've accomplished together as a collective body of stakeholders. That's a good perspective. Is there a way you hold each other accountable? Do you write these down? Do you share them with each other? So there's a tool that I use as an entrepreneur called Monday. Um, It's a pretty much a workflow management tool. Um, and our, our administrative team operates off of that. So it's, Hey, 
what are our what are our quarterly goals? We break those down by the month, and then we break those down by the week. So it's deadlines, and then we message each other back and forth. We may switch who's responsible for that task. If I get overwhelmed one week, someone else may take it. It's not one of those things that, hey, I'm confined within the role and in the realm of what I do based upon my job title. Mm -hmm. If my other administrator needs to handle a disciplinary issue because I'm focused on something academic, then she does. If I need to step in something academic while she handles a discipline issue, then it's the same vice versa. We're a team, so we have to be together and we have to continue to hold each other accountable and don't let the team fail because if one of us fails, if one of us missed the mark, we all miss the mark. We gather around each other and we see how can we, can. where did we drop the ball? Was it the objective? Was it the implementation? Or did we not really investigate the root cause? And we do that every week. Oh, that's really powerful. I know you were mentioning your staff is so new to the educational field, but if you had to, you know, look at a, a group of teachers and say that characteristic is what's going to make you great, what would you say that one thing is? Oh, being coachable. Mm. I'm going to say that first over anything. Yeah. Um, I can teach anyone how to deliver great instruction if you're willing to let me. If you're willing to break down those barriers, if you're willing to unlearn everything that you learned in college, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything. And if we can create something based upon our goals as administrators, because we've seen it, we've been there, we've been in the classes, we've been in the board meetings, we've been in central office. If we can create something based upon what we need for you to do and you follow and you're able to check in with us and review your own instruction and hold yourself accountable, I believe being coachable is the number one trade that administrators want or would require in any new teacher, just being coachable. We'll work with you if you're willing to work with us. Love it. And I 100% agree. We also have other groups of teachers listening, like someone in transition, maybe they're switching schools or grade levels, some in distress, maybe they're losing their job. And then we've got teacher leaders, maybe they're coaches or mentors. So if you had to pick one of those other groups of teachers to speak to really quickly and, and give a piece of advice, which group would you pick and what would you tell them? Oh, man. I would, can I choose two? Is that sure, okay? Sure, sure. So teacher leaders and then also the ones that are wanting to leave the career, uh -huh. I definitely want to speak to you. Okay. Um, definitely the ones that want to leave the career. I want you to remember your why because I've been in that same exact place. I've been in that same exact place where I wanted to leave education and go back to entrepreneurship. Whether it's the money, whether <laughs> it is the students, whether it is the district, whether it is your administration, or whether it is the drama amongst teachers, I want you to remember the why that you got into education. And I want you to go back into those doors tomorrow morning or the next school year and remember that why, write that why down, put it on your desk, put it on your screensaver on your phone. Mm. And every single day, regardless of the adversity, regardless of the circumstance, I want that calling of what brought you into those doors to be the same reason why you stay into those doors because our students need you. Our students need your courage, perseverance, and your resiliency despite anything that's going on around you. It doesn't matter the noise of the fans in the, in the stadium mm. because you're that great player that's on that court right now. You're the professional. So I need you to go out and score those points for those students. Oh, so good. What do you want to say to teacher leaders? Oh, 
remember your why too. <laughs> I think it's the same thing. But for teacher leaders, please be patient because everything, Rome wasn't built in one night. Right. The Great Wall of China wasn't built in one day or that would be a miracle. Right. So continue to be patient. Progress, please celebrate your teachers. That teacher that you believe is doing great, they still need that support as well. Because it's the ones that are always helping others that don't get that cup, that they don't get that pouring into them as well. So pour into your administration, pour into your teachers, please write that, write a note on their note card and just put it on their desk, send them a text and just let you let them know that they're doing great. Have a student shout them out, buy them ice cream or Chick-fil-A, something, please. So (laughs) I know, right? So even if it's not, even if we don't have money in our district, teacher leaders, you can write a note. You can print off a piece of paper and pass it out to every single person and write them a personalized note. But I want you to be patient with your teachers and with your students and then also be patient in your progress. And then also just let them know that you appreciate them because sometimes we forget. I was just about to say, it's like the forgotten. No one wants to feel like they they don't fit. They're not the newer teacher. Uh, Maybe they're not the one going into leadership. They're just kind of this crew in the middle, and they feel like, where do I fit in? Do you even remember me? Uh, So I like this advice of don't forget anybody. You know, everyone's valuable, and don't forget to tell them what you're thinking and feeling about them. Exactly. And I think one thing that is so important, what we're trying to roll out at our school, is sometimes it can't be two people that's doing all the praising. Maybe have other people submit weekly shout outs. If you see something, I can't be everywhere in the building at once. That would be a really cool trick, but I couldn't. (laughs) So have other teachers reach out, have other teachers submit their weekly submissions so that it can build a collective community of we see you, we acknowledge you and we appreciate you. So in terms of you learning and continuing to grow your craft, do you have a mentor or someone that you talk to to keep pushing the envelope? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I believe, and I tell my students this every day, I can't be your mentor if I don't even have a mentor. I believe that's a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. So in every area of my educational career and then also my life in general, I have mentors. If I have behavioral issues at my school, I have a mentor that is an expert in behavioral practices or restorative practices. If I'm having that trouble in terms of navigating one of those more challenging teachers, one of those ones that may be that veteran that don't kind of want to change their way, I have that principal or that administrator that knows how to navigate those situations. If I deal with any parent or need to navigate something of that nature, I have that principal that I can call on that would have that as well. So I would say in any situation, I kind of bucket different people. I write down at the beginning of the year, what are the possible things that I can go through? So it may be broken down into four different categories. Okay, what are the people that I need to help me once I go through this and I don't know? So then I have deans, assistant principals, principals, or even teachers, or even educational consultants. And I built out an Excel spreadsheet of all these different people that I can call on or email when there's times of adversity within my role. It's like a little Rolodex, but it's a little upgrade. A little Rolodex, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little upgrade. Uh, and then it's continuing to build that community for me. Is, is that generally how you stay current of what's going on, or do you do something in terms of research to bring back to your staff and you know make sure you're doing the latest and greatest? That's a great question. I feel like um, I try to do conferences once a month, 
Um, if, if not once a month, we send our teachers to different conferences so they can come back and do their professional developments. But I do believe with me being able to reach out to contacts once a week and have these weekly calls with different teacher leaders around the world, mm -hmm. it kind of keeps me up to date on what's going on, whether it be on the West Coast, the East Coast, the North or the South. It keeps me up to date on what's going on in these different districts and then also attending some of the teacher meetings, some of the board of education meetings, just, just to hear what's going on. I don't do a lot of research online. Um, and in my opinion, that's boring. I would rather be closer to the action with dealing with the actual people that are trying to deal with the solutions. Yeah. And I think you're, you're great at putting your ear to the street and taking in everything you can and then tweaking it to fit your situation and going with it. Exactly. Let's dive into everything that you're doing with your conferences and why you started your entrepreneurial um, company and really how that impacts education. Wow. So Blueprint Conferences, can I just talk about the story for oh, three I'd minutes? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on December 14, 2019, I thought about having a vision party, a vision board party for educators um, just to kind of get them together and just write out some vision boards. But I was sitting with my assistant and I was talking to her and I was like, hey, but I don't want just to bring people together. We're cutting out magazines, gluing them to poster boards, and then they end up collecting dust under our beds for the rest of the year because it doesn't go with the whole decorum in our house, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, I want more, but what are teachers really struggling with? Um, they're depleted. They are not making enough money, so they don't have enough money. They're mentally depleted. Their mental health, depression, and anxiety is skyrocketing, and that's the reason why teachers are leaving the profession. And then they have lost their overall purpose. So I wanted to put together a forum literally in three weeks because um, January 11th was National Vision Board Day or National Conference Day or something. So literally we met with our team on December 18th. We sold out of the event that was going to be a 30-person event. We ended up inviting or having 120 educators for our first inaugural conference on January 11th, 2020. And now we're getting ready to roll out our next conference on April 25th for 500 educators um, <laughs> right in the city of Raleigh, our state capital of North Carolina. So what we've identified is some of the major problems in education. And as I said, teachers are depleted from being frankly overworked, undervalued, underpaid, and underequipped. So what our conferences focus on is filling the deficiencies um, and helping serve educators both mentally, emotionally, and then also financially as well. So we emphasize the importance of uncompromising self-care, no matter your schedule. And then we provide practical strategies on how to address the different life stressors, student stressors, teacher stressors, inside and then also outside the classroom. Some teachers in certain states don't even make enough money to afford a home to afford a home or acquire a piece of real estate and asset. So we encourage and educate on topics like investing, borrowing, lending, budgeting, and then also saving. And we'll also be giving $50,000 in 2020 to educators around the nation to go towards the down payments on their homes. Oh my and we God. have different strategies as well. 
Yes. That is crazy. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. What a lot of hard work, uh, but what great rewarding work. I, I just thank you that you're willing to spend your life giving back in this way. It's just such an honor you know, to have your leadership and the way you've set this up is so unique. No one out there is doing this for teachers. It's certainly not a sit and get kind of conference. It's so applicable to real life, but you're encouraging them to stay in the profession, even though there's all these limiting factors. Exactly. There's a lot of limiting factors, but I truly believe the only way to improve our students is to begin to invest in our teachers. And that is the, that's the issue. It's not only an ethical responsibility, it should be a federal responsibility. And it, we have to advocate for our teachers as administrators so that we can pass laws and so that policies can be written to pay our teachers more and provide more resources for our educators around the nation. In terms of, you know, getting more educators involved in attending, how do they find out more information or how do they get signed up? Are you guys completely full? <laughs> Not yet. Um, interestingly, we were going to do 250 for this event. And then we actually, once we launched everything, we did 250 in the first week. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's booking up quickly. Um, you can find out more information at www.blueprintconferences.com. Um, at this point, we're working on a different venue because if we have to turn this into a thousand attendee event, we will. It's all about the number of attendees because at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't care if it's 500 or 5,000, we will provide the experience. We will provide the professional development, the resources and the support for whoever shows up on April 24th and 25th and provide our educators with the blueprint on how to be more successful as an educator so we can be more successful with our students as well. So good. Is this an annual thing? Someone, if they can't make it this year, do they have to wait till next year? Or are you going to do it in the fall? So we're actually going to have our national conference or annual conference will be official in November. Okay. And everybody knows November this year is a big year because of the political debates and right. the political decisions. Right. So we will actually be holding another conference in November, again in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and we're working on some nationally recognized and also internationally recognized speakers in education. And we are hoping to have 2,500 attendees attend this conference. That's a great goal. I have no doubt that you're gonna make that happen. <laughs> and it's a powerful year for you to be able to do what you do. Thank you so much. Well, I did want to ask you one more question before I let you go, and that is just how do you reignite your passion and your potential in the educational field when it's just surrounded sometimes by <laughs> potholes and pitfalls and stress? Um, that's, that's such a great question, and I'm just going to be transparent. So this week has been so challenging, full of adversities, um, deficits in our budget, Teachers coming and teachers going, students mm -hmm. coming and students going. Um, we just had a tragedy with one of our students at our campus. Oh, so no. it's been filled with all of these adversities and all of these trials. But the reality of it is, this is what we signed up for. Right. Every single month, we have a character education trait. So it's similar to what I said earlier, remember your why. Remember, you are the representation of these character education traits. 
Your students are watching you. Your students are believing in you to help them get to the next level in their lives. So if you don't believe in you, then no one's going to believe in our students. So invest in yourself first so that we can truly invest in our students. And remember your why. Remember that the students are at the forefront of all of our decisions and all of our and all of our choices and all of our actions. So as tough as things get, when I walk into those that building every single morning and I see that first student and he gives me a hug mm-hmm. or he gives me a high five or she tells me about her weekend or she tells me about her day or anything of that nature, it doesn't matter how much we need in terms of sponsorship. It doesn't matter who's gossiping. It doesn't matter what teacher is underperforming or what student is that behavioral issue for that day. Nothing else matters. All that matters is find the solution and find it now. Mm. I love that. Amen. Well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, thank you so much for your time. Can you tell us how to connect with you more? So on Instagram, you can find me at Kyle S. King. On Facebook, I'm Kyle S. King as well. I don't have a Twitter yet, guys. Oh, um, get and then on, on that. You, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then on YouTube, it's The Mission Planner. Okay. Well, I, again, appreciate everything that you're doing for teachers around the world and students. It was an honor to talk with you. I'm glad you got to share your story. I wish you so much success with your conferences and everything else that you're doing at your school site. Thank you so much. And I look forward to meeting you soon. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. Chat soon. All right, y'all. That interview did not disappoint. Kyle King's the man, not only because of what he's doing in education, but the way he is able to mentor folks who are just watching how he operates and how he lives his life. Think about all the students he comes into contact every single day and how just through him being himself, they are able to set their own goals. They are able to achieve more than they believed they ever could because of his example. And it isn't that he's purposefully trying to go out and showcase all his drive and ambition and talents and and goals. But what he is doing is living an authentic life. And when you're doing what you're meant to do and you're absolutely in love with what you do and you put other people first, others take notice and they want to feel that same way and they want to live that type of life. And he's having an impact beyond all the titles that he carries, beyond all the amazing conferences that he puts together and how he serves his community. Just by showing up and being himself, people are taking notice, kids and adults, and they are being transformed just from being around him. That's an elite educator, and that is the type of educator I want you to be. Someone that is so enmeshed and how to better serve those that surround them and love your time doing it, that is going to have the long-term effects that we as educators really want to have. Kyle, if you're listening, thank you so much for everything you do to just give back very selflessly. I appreciate how you've poured into me guided me and just given me multiple opportunities to show up and serve. I thank you so much, but I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart because you are right here in my city, in my school district, doing great things for the kids. That means so much to me. Appreciate you so much. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Kyle King. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.